Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Dave. And this is Draw, Roll, Move podcast, episode... Seven. And the topic today is deep diving into games. Cool. So, how deep do you dive into your games? I get I get immersive into games that are thematic to something that I'm interested in. So, if we go back to my roots, mm-hmm. Star Trek, uh, collectible card games... I thought you were going to say Australia. That's also my roots, but... Uh, but yeah, if we go back to my roots, uh, card games, uh, the collectible card games, uh, like mm. Star Trek, uh, Babylon 5, Lord of the I Rings. I got so addicted to Magic the Gathering. Exactly. As a 10-year-old, I want to say, because it was grade 5. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So as a 10-year-old, I spent that year mostly playing Magic, and I don't remember any of the lessons I did. I think the reason why I learned Fractions was so that I would be better at Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Another game that I, I got really into was Warhammer 40,000. Also it's another game that game. has a theme that I can really sink my teeth into. And back to my point, Star Trek, collectible card game. It wasn't a card game to me. It was mm-hmm. It was those characters and those spaceships and those space battles and uh, those enemies. Yeah. So... I was already immersed in the universe, and the card mm-hmm. game was just an extension of that. Warhammer 40k, exactly the same situation. And you totally believe that this universe existed out there. And and so the game was kind of a way to get into that universe and experience it in another way. Exactly. It was, uh, yeah, I it was that doorway that. Into, a, into another world. I think I'm kind of like that, but a, an important part, as I see, another important part was just how much time i could spend on thinking about strategy and game you could choose the miniatures that you used so i would always be trying to min max all the little things so even when i wasn't (laughs) playing the game basically i was playing the game because it gave me that customization to be able to work on it same thing with uh, magic you're making those decks and even when your friends are not there you're trying to build a deck that you can play against them and then the same thing with the game that i spend a ton of time uh, right now, uh, War Machine and Hordes. That is another miniatures game where I just spend tons of time thinking about uh, what kind of lists I'm going to bring. Because you can customize the lists that you bring, uh, the, the miniatures that you bring for the game. But even on top of that, the level of strategy that can go on is a huge time sink that you can think of. Not just when you're playing the game, but outside of the game. And of course, that's the other interpretation of depth. Mm. It's the depth of the rules and the depth of the strategy that you can bring out of the game. Uh, it's not just about immersion in, in another universe. It's actually immersion mm. in the rules and and uh, being able to find a new way to win, which yeah. keeps bringing you back to that game. Yeah, and when you're looking at that, I guess the two classic games that people pour time and mental energy on is chess and Go. They're very, very old games, and some people have even dedicated their lives to playing chess and Go, and that is a kind of super deep game. And in fact, part of the reason why I don't like Go is that it's too deep. <laughs> it's, it just takes... It can envelop you and consume you. It's and not worse, for, even when you're playing. It's not for the casual gamer. It is not for the casual... Well, you can play it casually, but if you play it against someone that's not casual, they can easily destroy you yeah yeah um but before we get too deep into this uh, <laughs> too deep into depth too deep into depth uh what have you been doing recently 
Well, on the... Uh, David. Thank you, Alan. On the uh, gaming front, just recently, barely an hour ago, actually, I played uh, a, a, game, <laughs> a new game called Love Letter. Ah, well, it's not a new game, but if you haven't played it, it's new, new to me. me. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, I brought it over, and we played it, and I've, I haven't played it that much, but it is such a super popular game. You see it everywhere. I think one of the biggest reasons is that it's very cheap. I think you can buy it for under $10 Canadian. And the Canadian dollar is pretty weak right now, so you know that, that it's doing well. Yeah. Um, so it's cheap to, uh, to buy, and they've basically flooded the market with different versions of it. So you have the original, it's a Japanese game. Mm. Uh, so you have the original Japanese version, and then you have the version that I got with the little bag and the scantily dressed princess. <laughs> I think and, the Countess was a little scantily, more scantily dressed, but... I think the Countess's nose was nicer. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but there's also a... Oh, it's the Tempest version. The the more provocatively dressed version is the Tempest version. And then there is the million other versions. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different versions that you can choose. That's pretty They're cool. everywhere. What did you think of the game? It was unique. It was uh, fun. Yeah, I think um, this is the, one, this is the game. A lot that, of luck. There is a lot of luck. Especially in a limited number of players of... <laughs> yes, exactly. And this is the game that basically has spawned the recent micro game craze. Love Letter has 16 cards and I think about as many little blocks, and that's all you use to play the game. Yeah. You don't even need to use the blocks, those are just counters. It's the fact that it packs so much more than the number of cards that it has, like so much more yeah. of a game than the number of cards it has, I guess impressed a lot of people. Especially if you kind of get into the story of it, because it's a love letter, and each mm-hmm. of the characters does something. And so we were playing up the, like you were saying, the role-playing aspects of just a random game about giving love letters. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it, it made it a lot more enjoyable than you would expect. Yeah, I feel it's a lot like Go Fish and Crazy Eights combined. That was the that, that was the six, comment that I made during yeah. gameplay. That was, I had a feeling that I was playing Go Fish, but with uh, a different set of rules. So what have you been up to lately? Well, I've actually not been playing as much War Machine. Oh my god. If you didn't include today, where I played... You made up for it? I made up for it. No, I didn't make I played a couple more games of War Machine today because I felt like I hadn't been playing enough in the past month. I was down to maybe one game a week, which is... is incredibly low quarter. It is very, very low. And then I played one of my friends, who's basically the best... Uh, player at the store that I go to play at and he just out and out crushed me it was no contest and after that happened I just felt sad because I'm like wow you know this is a game that I can dedicate so much time and effort to when I used to but for four weeks of playing it one once a week I'd suddenly lost that edge that I had I don't have an edge on him but lessened the edge that he had on me (laughs) so it made me feel like I hadn't been spending enough time playing this game and so I had to go today and play two more times. <laughs> but but was, it a, was it a matter of new rules, new minis? Um, uh, it was It was a little bit of, of those. So War Machine, like I said, it's a miniatures game. You could choose the models that you bring, and both of you choose models. Uh, and so I had switched out the main piece, my, my uh, Warlock, which is the main guy. And so I was playing a new guy 
but he had also switched out a new to a new a new uh, main character, right? Mm-hmm. From when we played, he was playing a lot more confidently with his new guy than my guy, and he basically just tabled me. He destroyed me. And I was talking with my friend, that's another friend, right? He's only played this this new guy like three weeks, and then he said, "Well, you do know that your opponent that day that I had come to play my one game, he had played with that new character." Five times, five games, and I over five weeks or four weeks had played my guy four times over four weeks. So I just realized the amount of time and and energy he spent playing this guy was probably three or four times the experience that he had with his guys yeah. compared to me. And so also when you're playing five games a week, it's a lot of games, right? That is a lot, of games. and so that's a lot of effort and lots of time. And so I felt like I hadn't been diving as deeply as I had been before and also I didn't like getting crushed so badly so I went and to to do a little bit of extra practice uh, today uh, playing at another store Um, uh, besides that I also uh, the last game I played uh, board game I played was Lords of Waterdeep it was quite fun I also got crushed I've been doing a lot of getting crushed lately I can see that (laughs) I mentioned the fact that I played a lot of War Machine, yes. and that is one of the uh, games where you can very easily dive deep into the game. Yes. And it is, like, for all sorts of aspects, it has good, has a deep storyline, and the strategy, the amount of depth that you can think about the game is huge. And in some ways, like I said, I was I was playing once a week, and that was not enough to even tread water and playing the game <laughs> which to me is in some ways it's kind of insane that you have to spend so much time yeah, on one think, game especially when there are so many different games out there i think at the height of any of the games that i've been deeply interested in mm-hmm. star trek ccg i might have got up to once a week for short periods but uh-huh. never multiple times in a week well to be fair, you apparently have more of a life than me, so outside of gaming. Oh, this is even when I was in university and I had nothing better to do. Like, uh-huh. you know, I wasn't going to classes, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you, you know what? It does take a certain type of game that allows you yes. to dive deeply, which is what we're talking about, diving deep into games. So what do you think actually makes certain games? I feel like Magic the Gathering, a lot of people get into War Machine... I dove deeply into... Yeah, now that, you th- now that I think about it, though, I may have only been playing once a week, mm-hmm. but as you've described with War Machine, and this, this goes for Warhammer as well, I've spent a lot of time in between games, uh-huh. thinking about the game, looking over cards... Trying to see if I can f- you can find any synergies trying, or new tactics and trying to put things to, together... Yeah trying to squeeze out that little extra that's going to push me over the top the next time that I am playing. Yeah, I guess, uh, although I don't think that I played a lot, I think I spent a lot of time in between thinking about the games and how I was beat if I was beat, or how I Mm -hmm. won if I actually had managed to squeak out a victory, and how to enhance that victory the next time, or avoid the, the loss turn the tide as it were yes yeah, so a lot of time in analyzing your game and making yourself better yeah 
this is the kind of thing that I think chess and Go are really good at because it, it's the deep strategy that they have. Yeah. Where you have so many different moves that have sometimes very subtle impacts that you don't even notice until after they're done. As opposed to something um, a little bit more obvious like Love Letter, where the things that you do are pretty obvious. Like each each time you you play something, you have you're playing one of two cards that you get to choose to play. If you made a mistake. Pretty obvious what, what mistake you made, yes. right? But in something where in chess or go, where you can think, oh man, during the third turn of the game, I did this, and that afterwards cascaded, I don't know, twenty turns down down the line, to him being able to control that area of the board. That's the same thing with War Machine, right? Uh, I I moved my models the first turn over here in this kind of way, and then didn't spread them out well enough. Uh, so I ended up blocking the guys behind them from getting ahead of those guys. And so that's part of the reason why my friend beat me <laughs> horribly. Oh, this destroyed is, me. sorry, sorry. We, we, this is a callback to uh, another excuse for the, the for the loss. Yeah, the loss. Yes, yes. It wasn't just that he was better than me. It's that you uh, sucked I played horribly. Worse. Yeah, yes. I, I played horribly you too. worse than you normally suck, okay. Well, I'm okay with him beating me because he's better, but when I give him the game... Like, he can handily take the game from me, but, but I gave him it the f- game, and then he took it. I understand. It. it feels worse when you actually yeah. help him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Instead of helping yourself. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, as we've been talking about this, I, I see the depth that we're talking about, that mm-hmm. in-between games depth yes. that has you thinking about the strategies as another way to enjoy the game. Yes. It's an extension of the game that you're not even playing the game, you mm-hmm. have no opponent, Mm-hmm. But you're still getting the thrill of thinking of that new strategy. You almost or, get the thrill of the game while thinking about it, exactly. and what you could have done to make the game end up differently. And it's that thrill of of mastering the rules and mastering that deep strategy of a game in your head, and then planning to apply that that new idea mm. the next time that you you face your your opponent, and then seeing the in your mind anyway, seeing the the look of of defeat come across their face, <laughs> even if you never ever see it in real life. <laughs> I like it when I can think about the strategy, but how about those games where they have an aspect that you can actually change from the onset, that you can actually work on while not playing that game? And what I mean is, for example, a lot of these like collectible card games, you have a deck at the very beginning that you can modify and work on even when you're not actually playing the game. So you're actually improving your chances of the game, of winning the game when you're actually playing the game, outside of the game. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that kind of aspect? Oftentimes, changing these lists that you're bringing, you spend more time changing up these lists than you actually do playing. What's the question? (laughs) What What do you think of that? Like... Well, what I really want to do is tell you what I think of that, but I'm giving you a chance <laughs> oh, thank to talk you. about I appreciate it first. That. Obviously, being such a a lover of the CCG uh-huh. from its inception, I was into Magic in its first couple of years. Mm-hmm. I stepped into all of the knockoffs. Man, you should have totally kept your moxes. Yeah, yeah, I should have. What did you do? You put them into your bike? And then made that cool sound. No, I don't. I actually, I actually couldn't tell you what happened to, to uh, my magic collection. But yeah, be, being a, a person that's played 
CCGs forever and tried out dozens of them at this point. I really do love that aspect of the game where you get to design your your deck and your strategy and spend so much time enjoying that aspect of the game in between games and you know just tuning being, your deck, yeah, making it, just tweaking being, it, spending time working on it. It's it, almost like working on any other real project of substance. Exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> I guess that's a little bit offensive if you really like doing this stuff. As you can see, you can start to see what I think of tuning decks and, and that kind of aspect. But yeah, it, it has that same kind of feeling of building something. Yeah. And and the payoff at the end, it's all the sweeter for, for having gone through the stages that yeah. get you there. When When everything clicks... And everything starts working and humming like a well-oiled machine. There's a lot of enjoyment of that. Uh, but here's the thing. I do enjoy doing all of that. But I realized how much time I spent on it. And I realized it was a ton of time. It And time is one of those things that, you know, as we get older, we have less of it. So I wonder... I, I, if I should have spent all that time that I, I I do tweaking these lists of building a house, building a house, or or even just playing more War Machine instead of thinking about the game, just playing it. It's uh, I'm trying to think of a, a saying that actually applies here. The proof is in the pudding. <laughs> it's all not right. the saying that I wanted, but it'll do. All right. You can think up as many strategies as you want, but until they're actually tested in battle, mm-hmm. yes. they're tested in real life, uh-huh. you're not going to know how they're going to react to yes. your opponent's moves. I could definitely see that. And especially when I just think about the game that I spent a lot of time thinking about and playing, War Machine. It's both, right? I have to spend a lot of time playing it. Well, I don't have to, but I want to spend a lot of time playing it so that uh, I get better. And also, I have to spend a lot of time just building my list to make sure that they make sense, tweaking it from the tests that I've had from playing, right? Um, But then I've been thinking, why do I play games in the first place? It's for fun. And sure, all of these things are fun. But I also wonder... There's also the... uh... The chance to crush your opponent. Yes, but that's and, that's the fun part, right? Sorry, so, yes, of yes, course. The fun. I misinterpreted what you meant by fun. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, for me, War Machine, or I see a lot of people playing Netrunner, um, Star Wars miniatures. They are really fun, and part of that fun is how deep you can dive into the game, right? Assuming that you're also playing to test your ideas, you can spend all of your waking hours probably working on these games. You could play these games as much as. A professional, I don't know, soccer player or sports player would would to get to an equivalently high level, right? In fact, Magic the Gathering, there are professional players. They make a living off of just <laughs> winning tournaments, right? So you can play it professionally. You can play it to that level where all you're doing, all your work, working hours are, is playing Magic. That's a lot of time that you can spend. And I wonder, even though you can spend all that time. Should you spend that time if your idea is not to be a professional, but just to have fun? As I get older, I'm like, oh, maybe I should play a, a lighter game because I can get more fun for without spending as much time, basically, onto the game. So even though, let's say, at its peak, 
uh, War Machine maybe is more fun, right? Mm. When I'm playing for that hour or two or two hours in the game, yep. I feel like it's a really fun game. But there's all of this extra stuff that I feel, at least the way I'm playing right now, um, that I feel I have to do to make that hour or two hours really, really fun. Even though that one or two hours peak fun is really high, the aggregate amount of time that I'm spending on the game is not as fun over, like on average as, let's say, playing a lot of the uh, board games that I play, right? right? Where I can switch from uh, Settlers to Lords of Waterdeep and to a Manhattan Project. And it's just, you know, I could have more fun losing in all three of those games as opposed to losing at War Machine. So, I, I don't know. I, 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 so you're I, thinking I, that a, a, a lighter game has I think the potential does. for a higher fun per minute. Yes. It, on, on aggregate. On, in, on aggregate. Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to play uh, games that are have the potential to be less deep, like that just don't have as much of a yeah. skill pit. <laughs> Sorry, time pit. But uh, I wonder if it it's better and more more fun to go less deep in all of them. Yeah, I, I can see your point. And, and I always enjoy going to uh, games nights where I don't play any of my own games, where mm. I get to play games that the other people at the, the uh, event have brought along that I've never played before or mm. maybe I've only played once, where I get that opportunity to just sort of discover something new, have an enjoyable experience yeah. playing. As, so as opposed to diving deeply into one game, exactly. just have a taste of a whole bunch of different ones and seeing what the different flavors that the board gaming world has to offer. Exactly. I still think that there's, there's an important balance there. Like you're going to have I, games that you're passionate about. You're passionate about uh, War Machine. You mm-hmm. have been for a while. I was very, very passionate about the Star Trek card games. Mm-hmm. But now I do have that balance where my shelf is no longer just, you know, three deep of of collectible cards. Now mm-hmm. I've got uh, some in-depth board games and I've got your your mainstream board games mm-hmm. like Settlers and Dominion and, and, <clears throat> and the Ilk. As with anything, it's it's about that balance. It's, it's finding what you're passionate about, but then also being able to step away from it and, and try something different. Something yes. New. So yeah, that's that's one of the things is that a lot of um, hardcore board gamers will not like a lot of the lighter fare. Mm. For example, they won't necessarily like party games, right? Because it's a very different kind of yes. game. Uh, you play it with different type of people. It's an entirely different experience. Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned before. There's a guy that uh, he was part of a gaming group that I was uh, I was frequenting almost every week. Mm-hmm. And long story short, is that you're going to have people that are um, into a particular game or a particular style of game, mm-hmm. and they get right into the depth of that game. They're always going to dominate. Mm. And what's going to end up happening, as happened with this particular gentleman, was that there were certain games that no one would play with him. Mm-hmm. If he you know, brought out his favorite game, mm-hmm. that game would sit on the table over to the side for the entire evening, mm-hmm. unless he was otherwise engaged and then someone might pick it up because there was no chance for him to (laughs) actually come in and effectively because of his his uh obsession with it ruin the game for everyone else involved 
I can totally see, see that. I feel like I, I have experienced that in some ways because, frankly, if you're really into games, oftentimes you'll experience that because there are certain games that you will love that other people don't love. Yeah, exactly. And you will just spend more time on that game. First of all, you will probably play it with, if you've played with more than one group, you'll probably play it with all of the groups, which means you're probably getting way more games in than any one of the, of the group. Right? Yes. So you end up playing it more. You might look online for strategies. Even if you're not looking online, you're probably thinking of strategies more. You're post-morteming, as you say. Yep. So I think every kind of serious gamer will have that game. And then for me, I feel I realize this because, like you said, there are certain games that... I could still bring to the table, right, with my friends and play, mm. but they just were not as enjoyable because I knew the game better than my friends. Yes. And I would always have an advantage and I would feel like it wasn't a fair fight. Yes. I felt like I could tie one hand behind my back and still win, which is actually not that hard in a board game. But, <laughs> but that's uh, true. So, tie one eye behind your back and then, then go to the hospital. <laughs> then go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so I've, I've recently started worrying about this, and there are certain games that um, I will try not to play as much, just so that I don't get too good with my friends. I'll, I'll play like certain games only with certain other groups, so that we all stay at around the same level, same mm. strategy level, and I don't advance too much, even yeah. if I like the game a lot. So sometimes you just want to dive deep and play that game, which is yeah. what I really like about War Machine, is that... I'm in a group now where I'm not the best player in my group, which I actually, for a while there, I was like, oh, no, I must become the best player. But then I realized it's actually more fun this way. Yeah, I think sometimes, especially with that kind of game, it's the mm -hmm. challenge that makes it fun and interesting. Yeah. And overcoming the challenge. Yes. That's some of the cool things that you can do with deep games, as yeah. opposed to these, like, when you do shallow play, when you're all playing a new game, and you haven't really thought the deep strategy, you're just exploring the game with other people. You're still doing that strategy in your head while you're playing, mm. but you can't, You don't have that, like you said, that, that challenge, that feeling of climbing the mountain, because you really are all discovering the game together. Sometimes you don't even know that you're climbing to the top of the mountain, <laughs> Faster than the other people. Exactly. Until the end of the game. There's plenty of examples, again, at our uh, mutual gaming group, mm -hmm. where someone at the table has won and didn't know it. <laughs> yes. Oh, the strategy that I chose was the best one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. When, when I look at certain games, though, some of the my favorite experiences, though, are light games that you understand enough halfway through to, while you're playing, do the deep diving, right? Do that deep strategy, which is, I yeah. guess you could say, a brain burner game, right? It's not an iterative, like, learning punching bag process. It's while you're in it, you have to work your brain to the utmost to come up uh, on top. So really deep strategy games that are, I guess, self-contained, mm. right? That yeah. is some of my favorite kind of gameplay. I, I feel that a lot of the deck builders feel that particular slot that's what i was going to say deck builders because <laughs> you you do end up with that oh that card is great for this with with yeah. in combination with with this card over here and if i combine the two of them and they come up at the right moment then i then can I have a giant engine that will exactly. allow me to burst ahead that's exactly what i was talking about deck builders but there's also another aspect when you talk about deck builders or 
games like Dominion in particular, where they come up with a certain set of cards and then you just work with those cards that everyone knows, right? Mm. It's that the first time you play it or the second time when you're just discovering those engines, that is super fun in your mind, right? You're you're learning and you're you're seeing this new world come together, although Dominion less theme, so it's like card mechanics, how they work together, right? You're just coming the engine. But after a while, if you play it too much, you end up just knowing your engine. You end up understanding the engine and there ends up being no discovery anymore, mm. right? The discovery aspect of learning how the engine works, right? Is the fun part a lot yes. of the times. Yes. And so I feel like sometimes, well, in some ways all games, right? Where you can only learn so much about the game before there's nothing left to learn. It starts to get a little stale. Yeah. It starts to get a little stale. And sometimes there's nothing left to learn because you just can't keep it all in your head at the same time. For example, Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there are certain games where you just you can keep everything in your head at the same time, but there's just nothing left to keep in your head. Yeah. Right? And oftentimes it's a mix, right? There are certain things that you just can't keep in your head, but you can keep most of the easy stuff, the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Right? Like tic-tac-toe, right? Once you understand all the lines, you're like, I basically know, you know, I can force it to be a cat's game every single time I tie. I don't know. To me, even if I don't end up completely knowing everything, keeping everything in my head at the same time, just the knowledge that I could, when I start feeling like I'm getting close, or when I feel like if I continue on this path, then I will know everything, Mm. it kind of sours me to the game. Yeah. I don't know. It's like computers right you're like oh you know i just started this algorithm so i've started my learning algorithm and it's done so if i continue working this algorithm i'm going to eventually complete the game then i feel like it's already i've completed the game it's like sudoku right so it's like oh i kind of understand how this thing works Mm -hmm. now i'm done (laughs) i haven't actually completed any one square and there's a lot of numbers that i still have to calculate and probably a lot of thought but i understand how you're going to do it all right it's done yeah it's the algorithmic kind of computer science person in me so i don't know do you feel the same way or do you do you feel like you have to go through the actual steps to make it real i feel i'm probably more of a completionist than you yeah i need i need uh-huh. to take it to the to conclusion to uh-huh. to get that get that hundred percent that hundred percent satisfaction uh-huh. from it on occasion i'm the same way with uh with video games as well oh yeah where i need to go and collect that one last little uh, feather or yeah. whatever it happens to be that you gotta collect to get your you know your extra little ding i can't say that i don't like that at all because i did catch them all in pokemon the first one <laughs> but nowadays it's just oh my god it's so much effort sometimes yes. i've even stopped completing video games so when i feel like oh this is basically i understand what's going on yeah I won't even complete the video. Yeah, sometimes the the effort becomes more than it's worth. But, uh, yeah, I think um, that's depth. That's depth. Yeah. In depth, Board games, yeah. (laughs) Board games have a lot of depth, which is what's great about them. And a lot of shallows. And a lot of shallows. (laughs) (laughs) And that has been episode uh, seven of Draw, Roll, Move podcast. I've been Alan. I've been Dave. And... You, you can contact us at drawrollmove at inthelast.com. You can find us online at? At uh, inthelast.com slash drawrollmove. That's where you'll find uh, all of the previous episodes of the podcast. Yeah. And um, that's it. That's it.